Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Another chapter of victorious living. There's only one way to live victorious, that's in Christ Jesus. Our theme scripture has been 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory in Jesus, but we have a part to play. How many of you know we've been talking about uh, walking in victory and, and uh, the last number of weeks? And that's kind of the theme of everything we talk about here is how to live a victorious life. And we have something to do with that. You know that. Uh, we talked about walking in love for about three weeks and in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, what they call a love chapter. We talked about who we are in Christ. And we talked about don't worry. <laughs> you know, that's a big thing today, isn't it? And then we also talked about in uh, knowing him last week. But tonight I want to talk to you about the prosperous soul. And, and we're going to be talking about what is prosperous and what isn't prosperous. But, uh, you know, Paul wrote in, in to, in Tim, to Timothy in 2 Timothy, in chapter three, that in the last days, perilous times would come. How many of you know we're living in perilous times? If you don't understand that, you don't, you got your head in the sand and don't understand anything because we are living in tough times. But he also wrote to the Galatian church. He said, uh, don't grow weary in doing well. So we have to be a part to play in, in walking in victory. You know, over in third John two, it says, beloved, I would, I pray, that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even just or even as your soul prospers. <clears throat> it's important to know that our soul must prosper if we're going to be successful. The three attributes of the soul is your mind, that's your reasoning and your thinking processes, your emotions, that's your feelings. How many of you know a lot of people just live through their feelings all the time? That's why we have things like called road rage and other things, people get mad at the drop of a hat or your will, deciding and choosing processes. Well, you will prosper and live in health as your soul prospers, or you will struggle and be weak and even uh, as your soul is weak. So if you got a weak soul, you gotta strengthen that soul. So tonight we're gonna talk about the poor soul, but you know, over in uh, Romans 12 too, Paul writes, what's he write in Romans 12 too? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed Transform into what? Into being like Jesus, into being like God, and walking in the blessings and benefits that he's provided. Be transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. Your mind's part of your soul. Made up of your mind, your will, your emotions. That's your soul. Your spirit is saved. Soul must be renewed. Must be saved. And that's our part. I mean, no, we have the part to play. You know, we live in a world today and some people think, well, God's in control, in control of everything. No, God's done what he's going to do. He's, he, he only takes control or has control of what those things you let him have control of. So we have a part to play too. And, you know, you'll hear people say, well, something bad happens. Well, God must have a reason for that. Well, there's, if you don't know there's a bad devil and a good God, you don't, you don't understand any theology at all because that's Satan is, is in John 10, 10, the thief. He's a thief, my friends. He comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, life, the godly life, and life more abundantly. So we have to 
be able to uh, divide that. We have to be able to say, hey, when these things are happening, it isn't God, but God can walk us through them, help us through them, and give us the victory in the midst of troubled times. <clears throat> now, we know <clears throat> over in Proverbs 23, 7 says this, as a person or as a man thinketh, so is he. As you think in your heart, you know, it's so important to think the right things, to put the right information in. You know, it's like, <laughs> If you put wrong information into a computer, it's gonna come out wrong. You wanna put right information in. You wanna put right information into your mind, your thoughts, your way you live. Because if you don't, it's Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth's gonna speak. And my dad used to say, you know, uh, he would say about somebody, he'd say, well, they have a poor soul. Have you ever heard that? A poor soul, not a prosperous soul, but a poor soul. It didn't mean that they didn't have money, didn't have, uh, maybe have even more money than we had as a family, but it would be their attitudes was always negative, was always down, was never, never on the upbeat. You know, Christians can be like that too, if we're not careful. We can, it's so easy to get caught up and all the things going on in the world today and just say, well, boy, this is, world is terrible. I don't know what we're going to do. Listen, we're to be the light and the salt of this world. That's what God, uh, Jesus called us to be light and be salt. You know, we're to be somebody that says, hey, there is an answer. There is a God that's provided all that we need. We, we serve a God that's more than enough. <laughs> and we just listened to this song before we started recording this by Gary Oliver. My God is more than enough. Hallelujah. To meet every need. So why should we worry? Why should we be depressed? Why should we be full of care? because we have a God that can provide all, has provided all that we would need in this life. But if you have a poor soul, you never think about those things. So I'm gonna talk about what a poor soul is tonight just for a few minutes, but next week we'll talk about what a prosperous soul is. Number one, having a lack of knowledge. Well, Hosea 4.6 says this, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And if you read that, it, that word knowledge also means revelation. Have no understanding of him. It doesn't mean you just have, um, uh, you read a verse, oh yeah, I, I know that, I, I know that. But you don't have a revelation of who he really is. But then it goes on to say, because they rejected knowledge. How I many of you know a lot of Christians can reject knowledge? We can pick out what we like and what we're doing right, but we're not being obedient to, uh, the, to all the word. And the, the Bible says, <laughs> Obedience is better than sacrifice. Being obedient to what God says. So it's really, really important that we, that we not have a lack of knowledge. But we don't get the knowledge so we can be puffed up. We get the knowledge so we can learn more about him. Listen, the more you learn about him, the more you realize how great he is. And the more you want to worship him as God. And the more you want to give and do the things he's asked you to do. Amen. Amen. That's where the blessing comes from. The blessing comes from being obedient to do what he's called you to do. And he gives you purpose. When you have knowledge of him and you have know who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, you can begin to do the things he asks you to do. But if you don't have that, if you have a lack of knowledge, you can, you'll be a poor soul. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? You have no understanding about what God has said in his word. Secondly, it's in Romans 8, 5, it says, being controlled by the desires of the flesh. How many of you know we're not supposed to be controlled by the, the flesh? Yeah, the, we, we have to deal with the flesh, but we're not supposed to be controlled. I want to read that just for a, 
Uh, as we go along here, I'll read a few of these. Romans 8, 5 says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Listen, we live in a world that's fleshly-minded, thinking about themselves, thinking about uh, uh, all they can get, all they can do on their own, and, and always about them. It's a carnally-minded nation that we live in. And why is that? Because we've turned our back uh, from God many times. And we can do that even in the church. We can live uh, uh, being controlled by the desires of our flesh, thinking we can show up once in a while or, 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 or uh, you know, if we miss a few meetings, well, God understands my heart. No, God understands your obedience. <laughs> if, are you being obedient to do what he's called you to do? Are you being obedient uh, uh, to overcome the flesh by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. It goes on to say in that same verse, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Are you living according to the flesh or are you living according to the Spirit? If you're living according to the Spirit, you have to be living according to what this Word says. Amen? Amen. Now in James, in number three, it says James uh, talks about being weak, indecisive, double-minded. You ever talk to somebody that can't make a decision about anything, you know, and, and, and double-minded, they think one way and the next time you talk to them, they're thinking another way. That's what James says. A, a double-minded man will not receive anything from God. In fact, I want to turn to that real quick. We're just going to go through these. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time tonight on this, but I want, I want to get through this tonight so we can talk about the prosperous soul, which is vital for us today. It's vital for us today to navigate the, the way the world is living today. We need to be able to navigate through the problems, through the cares, the worries, the anxieties, and the fears, through what God says. Amen? But it says in James 1, uh, 8 says this. Let me find it real quick. Oh, let's go back up and say, uh, a man that asks in faith. It says, if any, well, let's go back to verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. In other words, he's not withholding anything from you. One will withhold wisdom or anything else. But let him ask in faith with not doubting, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. <laughs> How many have been like that sometimes? I know I've been there before, but we, we can get away from that. And it goes on to say, well, let not this man, that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know, it used to be said years ago when somebody couldn't make up their mind or, or, or would change their mind constantly, they'd say they're wishy-washy. <laughs> well, that's talking about the waves of the sea. They're, they can't make, up the, make a decision. You know, we shouldn't be like that. It, you know, I, I would say this. Make a decision and trust God that you're making the right decision and then go with it. And, and, he, he, and trust him to say, well, you're not going the right way. And say, okay, I missed it, right? When you missed it, what did we say? First John 1, 9, Lord, forgive me, I missed it. You know, when we, when we don't follow him, when we're doing things contrary to what his word says, you know what that is? That's called sin. We don't talk about sin in the world too much today or even in the church a lot of times. But sin, it's missing the mark is what it means. It means we're not doing what he's asked us to do. Well, that goes back to a lack of knowledge because if we don't know what he said, how can we do what he said, right? So we have to know what he said and then do it. And then when we miss the thing, 
we say, Lord, forgive me. You know what? He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so then he says like this, get up, let's go. Keep on going. Don't be looking back. Just keep going. You've asked for forgiveness. It's, it's, it's cleared off the, off the slate. Amen? Amen. Now over in uh, number four is 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 4 and 5. But it says this, fantasizing on negative feelings, unable to control your thoughts. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, many people have a hard time controlling their thoughts. And what, why do you know that? Because it's spurted out of their mouth. It's spit out of their mouth. Their thoughts are coming out of their mouth. And many times it's, it's, uh, it's not something you want to hear or even something maybe they don't even want to say, but they can't control it. They just got to say it. You ever heard somebody say that? Well, I just got to say it. It's on my mind. Well, maybe not. Maybe they shouldn't be saying it. But in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 4 and 5, uh, well, it's verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against to the flesh, according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down what? Strongholds, pulling down those things. But if you're weak and indis- or, uh, if you're fantasizing on negative things all the time, feeling unable to control your thoughts, you're gonna be spitting them out. And you know what the Bible talks about? What Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. What's that mean? You're gonna have what you say. You know, ever hear somebody say, well, it, uh, it, it's, it's just the way it always goes with me. I never never get anything good happen in my life. You know, most of those people will never have that anything good in their life because they've not agreed with what God has said. But it goes on to say, casting down those arguments and every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. <laughs> and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we we can't be thinking about the negatives all the time. It is so easy to get caught up into that today. Matt and I were just talking about the gas prices. You know, I understand this. Man, it's, if you're not, you know, $5 gas here in Champaign-Urbana area, $8 gas in California, you know. And of course, we have some people that, that don't want to be blamed for any of it. Of course, we know that. But if you if you if you constantly magnify those things, thinking on the negatives, you're you're limiting what God can do in your life. My God shall meet all of my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Does that mean He can meet eight dollar gas, five dollar gas? He can if you trust Him. But if you get over into that, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? That's all we want to talk about is the negative. You can never get over to where God says, hey, I'll provide all your needs. Just trust me. I'll make a way even if gas goes higher and higher, right? Or circumstances get out of control in this world. I'll meet your needs. I'll be there for you. I'll help you through it. Amen? So we can't be fantasizing on those things. We can't be giving our all of our thoughts and, and to this negative way of thinking. Number five, uh, refusing to change. Wow, this is a big one. Well, that's just the way I am. You just have to put up with the way I am. No, we don't have to do that. We have to be willing to change. Defending past behaviors and making excuses for yourself. Wow, this, hey, listen, we all at maybe, and well, I don't want to put you in that same group out there tonight, but I know for myself, it's easy sometimes to find an excuse for something you didn't do right. Isn't that true? In Proverbs 7, uh, 9, we'll turn to that real quick. Proverbs 9, 
verse 7 through 9. Let me get here real quick. It says this, He who corrects a scoffer gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct a scoffer lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will uh, be wiser still. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. How many of you know we have to be able to change? It says uh, if, you, if you give uh, wisdom to a wise man or, or to somebody that will receive it, guess what? You can change. You can, and this, the whole life, our whole life is about change. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind or by changing your mindset. Amen? We have to do that. Let's don't make excuses for where we miss it. Let's get over that and go on to greater things in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Uh, uh, spending, it's number six, spending all your time on natural earthly things. That's Colossians uh, 3, chapter 3, and we'll... And, and next week we'll reach more of this, but in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, it says this. If you then were raised with Christ, set those, uh, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. In that, you know, you've heard this expression, and I've said it before. He's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. I, I really don't know very many people like that. In fact, I probably don't know any. <laughs> They're so set on the earth, even in our, even in our churches today and in our, in our Christian walk. Uh, what's most people's mind is set on, uh, on the things of this earth, are they not? On the natural things. Uh, and and it go, you go there, it's just, but if you don't renew your mind, if you're not continually renewing your mind, which is really the amplified version of, of, of Romans 12 too, if you don't continually renew your mind, you'll be apt to go back. How quickly you can revert back to the old ways if you're not careful. I don't care if you've been a Christian 30, 40 years. If you're not careful, you can revert back. You, it, this, this walk is is a continual walk. It's not, okay, I've arrived. No, it's, it's a journey that will not quit. Even in heaven, I believe it'll still be going on. We'll still be learning and growing and, and, and seeking God's will in our life. But here, it's vitally important that we get off the natural things, the, uh, the uh, uh, earthly things or the, you know, the things that hold us back so much. So it's vital we set our mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Are you doing that today? Are you setting your things on what God desires? Well, if you're reading his word, you'll find out what he desires. <laughs> it's in his word. We live and move and have our being by Christ Jesus in his word. Who is Jesus? He was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. So he's the word. So we have our life and being in him. So we desire those things. Number seven, over in Ephesians 4, it talks about this. Ephesians 4, it says, allowing emotions to control your attitudes and behavior. Wow, that's a biggie right there. Because we all have emotions. And, and if we're not keeping them checked, why do we have so many things going on in our world and nation today is out of emotion. My goodness, people are, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this, all kinds of things happening, all kinds of crime and all kinds of different things happening because 
abuse of, of different things out of emotions. How many, how many times you heard something terrible happen, somebody's done something terrible, and then they'll say something to the effect, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. Well, they're not in control of their emotions. Somebody else is, and, and that is Satan himself. So we have to control our emotions. But in Ephesians 4, verse 22, it says, put off your, uh, that you put off concerning your formal conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. There's the poor soul. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You have to have your spirit of your mind renewed and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We're not, we're not to allow our emotions and, and, uh, and attitudes and behaviors to control us unless they're, unless they're renewed, unless, they're, unless we put on the new man, unless we're walking in the things of God has us walking. Let's think about this tonight. Let's think about what, what, what is it, God, and you know, how do I find out whether, what I'm walking in uh, the, the flesh or I'm walking in the spirit. Well, ask the Lord, first of all. Paul, or, or uh, Paul, David said, search my heart, O Lord, and see if there be any wicked way in me that I might not sin against you. In other words, he asked God to search his heart. How many of you have asked God to search your heart? Uh, you know, uh, what am I doing that's right or what am I doing that's wrong? What am I doing according to the word or what am I doing according to my own ideas and flesh? Amen. So we have to do that tonight. Now, number eight is allowing fears and anger and bitterness and gossip or negative thinking to consume us. How many of you know we're not supposed to allow that? You know, fear is a, a, a big thing today, isn't it? God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's what Paul told Timothy in, in uh, 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power love and a sound mind. Do you have a power, a love and a sound mind? Or do you walk in fear all the time? Well, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just, I'm so worried. I'm so anxious. I'm so fearful. Well, God hasn't given us that. What he's given us is something good. <laughs> power, love, and a sound mind. Power to walk out through this life in the, in the joy of the Lord, in the peace of God. Amen. That's what he wants us to walk in. Love. We talked about that for three weeks. Three weeks we talked about in 1 Corinthians 13, what is love? You can ask yourself, you can go back and read 1 Corinthians 13 and say, am I doing these things? <clears throat> and if you're not, ask the Lord to help you. Amen? Amen. It's vital. But, but fear, fear is so rampant today in our nation and our world. And fear brings what? Torment. People are out there, if you're tormented today, we come against that spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. Be loosed from that and walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost with power, love, and a sound mind. And God hasn't given you that. If you think he has, you've misguided yourself. You are a poor soul. So, but he hasn't. He's given you the, the good things, the things that puts us through all, every situation. Amen? Uh, Philippians 4.8 says this. I'll find it here in a second. You know how you find that, right? Gentiles eat pork chops. <laughs> That's how we learned it years ago. Is what? Where do you where do you go from next? Uh, and, and the letters that Paul wrote in Philippians four eight. It's a, well. Let's let's go back and read uh, Philippians four four through eight. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You know that's part of 
getting your soul lined up with what the Word of God says is begin to rejoice in the God that saved you and set you apart. Amen? Amen. goes on to say, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious or worried about nothing. Woo, that's a big one. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true. Now, this is verse 8, where I was talking about. Whatever things are true, whatever things are uh, noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Amen. That's, that will get you out of that fear and anxiety and worry. And then when it says meditate, you know, in, in, in the Hebrew or, or the Jewish tradition was meditate was, was speaking it, thinking about it and speaking it, thinking about it and, and muttering it. So we have to do those things if we're gonna be victorious. Now, what did 3 John 2 say again? <laughs> Brother or beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's, that's, that's victory in Jesus. That's the prosperous soul, which we'll be talking about next week. But I just wanna say, check yourself. Make sure you're not having these, uh, these eight things that I just talked about uh, being uh, first and foremost in your life change some things. We all have to go through change. Change is a process that God wants us to go through to get to be more like him. Amen. Amen. Well, it's time to get off here. So I want to pray. I want to thank Addison. She's my, she was my audience today. <laughs> She's sitting over there giving me the eye. That's my granddaughter, Addison. But, uh, uh, she wouldn't, I was going to have her be my reader tonight, but she wouldn't do that. So Anyway, aren't you glad you know Jesus? Amen. Well, Father, we thank you so much that you're helping us every day to, to walk in the presence of God, walking in the fullness of God, being anointed to do all you've called us to do. You've called us to have purpose. You've called us to have meaning and fulfill those things today in Jesus' name. And we, we thank you for the prosperous soul. We talked about the negative soul, the, the poor soul tonight, but I know that we, you want us to walk and be prosperous in all things. So we just thank you. I thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice tonight. We'll walk in that prosperity that God has called us to walk in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.